Do it again. Okay. So um, for our lovely listeners, I wanted to say hi, hello, and welcome to tonight's podcast. My name is Mitch. I'll be your host this evening. I'm going to do a bit of a roll call so you know who you have with us. Um, we have Gavin. Hey, what's going on? We have Cammy. Hi. And of course, Brandon. Get excited. Um, tonight's topic is actually going to be about growing up. Um, I had a conversation oh. with uh, with Gavin last night. And what kind of inspired the conversation was I was a little worried about what was going on in the world um, and just a lot of the stuff that's happening. And uh, the reference that I kind of made to was uh, Game of Thrones. I know Gavin was a huge fan. Uh, I know Brandon watched it as well. Cammy, did you ever watch it? I watched a little bit, but uh, I don't know. It got old. Yeah. Well, and it also kind of tanked at the end. But either way. Um, one of the things that I got from that show was uh, that basically the, the kids are in it and uh, their parents run the world. Well, eventually the kids grow up and then they're the ones who are making all the moves and, you know, and doing all the moving and the shaking. And so they're the ones that have to make the decisions and take the responsibility for what is going on in the world. And as you we grow up, we start to take more and more responsibility for what is going on because eventually there's nobody else to ask. We can't ask our parents at a certain point because we eventually become the parents and we begin eventually make the decisions. So it can be pretty daunting, but what inspired it was actually a conversation from one of the podcasts a while back that kind of reimagined it and put it back in here was uh, the, we wanted to see what would it be like to give advice to somebody from 10 years, your junior or somebody uh, that's 10 years, uh, not necessarily yourself, but somebody that is, uh, Gavin, you want to help me out here? Um, kind of putting it in perspective of, yeah. So the idea is you're talking to somebody who's in the exact same position you are or where you were 10 years ago. So there's 10 years, your junior, and they're in the same position you were. And so, uh, we want you to imagine that person. Cause a lot of the questions that are going to be asked tonight are in regards to, to that person. Uh, this person's not related to you. It's just somebody else that you've met. Uh, and I think that that's really important to point out too. Agreed. And so to set this up, to kind of help with the vision, because it is Gavin's uh, directorial debut. Um, and so I'm hosting it, but he directed this. So his first question uh, to kind of set it up, Gavin, um, what is something that you learned in the past 10 years that was astronomical to your growth? Uh, and who you are as a person and how would you give that advice to a person 10 years, your junior coming up? <laughs> That's a really big question, actually. Uh, honestly, the, the biggest thing for me was I didn't really like where I was. Um, I, I don't know. I, after going through high school and after going through like undergrad, I felt like I was kind of doomed to become the person that I had been, uh, warts and all. So all the things that I didn't like, and it was kind of through rejecting that idea that I decided to seriously work on myself. So 
through that, I grew out my hair, which has been one of the best things that I have ever done, nice. uh, not only as a confidence boost, but also as a, a massive change in appearance. Uh, and I have a whole series of experiences from that alone. Uh, taking up cliff diving as a way to kind of walk up to my comfort zone and then push past it. And then uh, doing the the project that we had done, uh, going into training for life coaching, where I learned a lot more about myself and I learned about people around me. I learned how to be a lot more empathetic than I was because I was very cold and calculating at the time. Uh, I also learned how to improve on the things that I was afraid to address. For example, like dressing, I didn't know how to dress myself. And so there was a, a period of time where I'd asked, uh, the only person I could ask at the time was actually a friend's girlfriend. And I'm like, Hey, I don't know how to buy clothes. Like, will you come with me to the mall and we can try a bunch of different stuff out? I don't know what looks good on me. Like I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. So over the course of about two or two and a half years, uh, she was coming with me to go shopping. And so every day we would try something different. So all of that just kind of comes uh, with the wrapper of trying different things to really discover who you are and who you want to be. So I hope that I hope that answers your question. It does. Brandon, um, kind of the same question. What is something okay. huge and astronomical in your life that you have uh, had that has made you grow? And is anything that Gavin said relatable? For me thinking back for like 10 years, the biggest things I wanted to do was there was a, a moment in my life where I wasn't doing anything. Okay. Uh, that was due to the, the accent. Cause if I think about 10 years back, that's 33, um, 23. Okay. Uh, so living that moment of kind of like not doing anything really may, uh, pushed me to want to start doing things that, I want to do in my life, you know, I want to, uh, start a family. So that meant, you know, dating, uh, going out. Mm. I wanted to make sure to find a place to, you know, I can, I can work, you know, start, get back to work. Cause being at home all day is boring and I don't want to do that anymore. So yeah. I, I was definitely wanted to do something. I wanted to make use of my time. Uh, so I, I definitely wanted to go back to work and I wanted to start making little moves to get back on my feet where I'm not uh, at this current moment. I was living back at home with my family, uh, recovering uh, from the accident. So I want to position myself back to where it'd be easier for me to get my own place. And if you had to think about, is it easier to get your place in Hawaii or is it easy to get your place in Arizona? Well, one is a lot easier than the other. So, so I was like, I got to come back. Plus, you know, I have a great set of friends and I, I got comfortable or maybe the word is addicted to being the, the king of my own castle, you know, making your own rules. It's always exciting. So that's what I did. You know, as soon as I could, I came back. And yeah, you know, I've never been to uh, like, you went back and lived with your family again. I've never yeah. done that. I don't know what it's like to go from, I, I, I know the king of the castle kind of feeling where you're just like, this is my place. 
Oh, yes. I'm not sure what that's like, but I can imagine that being something you want to escape. <laughs> not I, fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, what Brandon's talking about when I had to come back after, you know, having to, you know, parole or probation to my parents' house for a year. That was yes. some, it was some weird, yeah, because it's like I'm a grown person that I want to go do my own thing, but I can't yet because I either don't have the funds or I, you know what I mean, or I don't have the legality to. Yeah. And so that's a bit of a weird thing, too, is all this because I even went back with college too. Like I was in college and then I ended up going back with my mom. And that was one of the things that she tried to do right away was like, Oh yeah, you have a curfew and this, that, and the other. And I was like, mom, I've been out for three years on my own dime doing my own thing. And now I'm coming back. I'm gonna let you know, I don't have a curfew. I'm not like I'll pay rent. I'll do all mm. of this stuff, but like I'll come and go as I please. If that's not the case, then I, I might have to find a different situation. And she was kind of cool with that. She was like, all right, I get oh, you. Nice. I understand. Okay. See, something that I can really relate to with Brandon on, not moving back to your parents, but like having that that visceral reaction of, I don't enjoy this. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And so for me, the, the kind of knee-jerk reaction that I had was I actually went out and bought some hiking shoes and I would go hiking Ooh. every day. Ooh. Um, because that getting out of the house and moving is what made me feel like I was doing something and physically and mentally like working towards something. So a question I have for you, Brandon is what was your kind of knee jerk reaction? Like what was, what was the first thing that you started or the first change that you made immediately when you decided to, to make that change for yourself? Oh, okay. So when we talk about back home, the first thing I started doing was saving money. So I, right on. I was working with my dad because that's like the easiest thing to do. And also it pays really well. And then the, the second thing was also was working uh, with my mom's business because they gave me also something to do and some experience gain. So by, what I did is I just saved you know, as much money as I can because uh, I, I did do the route where you know I wanted to contribute while being home i they they thought it was weird because it's i didn't live back home since leaving high school so that was a whole different brandon than the brandon that came home from college for a little time you know i wanted to contribute i wanted to pay some money for food rent and stuff and my parents was like you don't have to i was like yeah but i do you know like in the real world you contribute to the household, you know that's what I learned a lot being on my own. Uh, so I, I think that garnered also a lot of respect in my household. Like I, mm. I didn't want to be that guy anymore. You know, the, that the takes. greatest gift. It yeah, just that's, takes. that's a lot of maturity yeah. right there. Yeah, the, the greatest does. gift my parents did was let me go be on my own. Because when you're out on your own, especially when you're far away, where there's no like easy reinforcements to help you, there's no crutch. You know, I am literally six uh, hour plane trip away from my family. So there's no one easily can come be with me or come do something for me because it's impossible. So there is moments where you just, you know, you're poor. If you're not working or you're struggling, you struggle. So struggling teaches you what's the meaning of a dollar. Ooh. You know, the greatest thing I ever learned was being broke. 
Ooh. So being broke. Why? Why was it being broke? Ooh. Because when you have to like manage your money, uh, like making life choices, like I have this set amount of money, and that's all I got at this time. I need to stretch it for rent, food, and other necessities. You you think differently. You're like, hey, rent is like three hundred bucks. I need three hundred bucks if for all of these months. So anything outside of that, I literally can't afford. And at that time, we, we ate terribly. You know, I, I uh, it, it's a joke where it was like, we either eat, eat bread or peanut butter. Yeah. And when we celebrate, we put that peanut butter on that bread. You know, that's a good day. I remember you we used to watch of your the, <laughs> Yeah, we used yeah. to read the prison um, uh, food itineraries to feel better about how much food we were eating and then realizing that they were eating better than us. Yes. So yeah, it started off as like, hey, who do we think, and I, I, I'm sorry to say, uh, but it was like, who do we think eats probably worse than us? Probably prisoners? And then we listened, we went to go look at like, maybe some of the... the better than the bread better. and peanut butter, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, listened, we looked at some places and like, whoa, they're having what? <laughs> that sounds delicious. And then we were looking at like places uh like what they, they have, start contemplating like, how to commit a crime <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you're at that real low you're like you know what that white collar crime you know like what would consider it like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so that's that's when you know you're kind of in that 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 place <laughs> no but I, I love it brandon what what you well actually to kind of uh summarize what both gavin mm-hmm. and did you said is well Gavin's point I got from was have courage, go outside your comfort zone, try something new that you didn't try. That's something that I've always learned from Gavin is he's a very courageous person. And he always kind of comes to his point where he says, it's got to get done. And the first step is always the hardest, but I'm willing to take it. So let's go. And he always does. Um, And I love that. The other thing I loved is that you're one of the things that you're teaching somebody from 10 years ago is, hey, struggling isn't always a bad thing it really teaches you what you're made of like Ooh, i love it thank yeah. you for the nice words yeah because it, it does like you you yes. don't really know how strong you are until your muscles are tested yeah right? sometimes you find out bad thing like i mean i did not want to go home because i knew that situation would suck so i found very bad ways and uh you know like i was sleeping with people just to like raid their fridge in the morning i uh, did quite a few very questionable things uh, for lots of different reasons, just to make sure that that I didn't have to go back. Because yeah, yeah, it helps with independence, but also the way that I solved that was not helpful. Maybe yeah, maybe not so healthy. Yeah, you, yeah. you find like I mean, pretty much any bad habit you develop comes from a need, right? Like the bad habit, whatever it was, serviced something. And so when it becomes a bad habit is when it no longer meets that need or it's too detrimental for the benefit that it gave. But you started for a reason. Um, No, but it's interesting though, because you guys are talking about like, oh, what really helped me understand money was being broke or what really helped me understand like this was not having it anymore, having those muscles tested. I never needed that. And what I mean is that I never felt like I needed, I I never needed to be broke to understand 
why money was important and that I needed to have some sort of marketable skill. I never needed to to starve in order to figure out something about myself. I need I never needed to be in that pressure cooker to learn how to develop in whatever way it was testing me. And it's interesting because uh, part of the conversation that Mitch and I had the other day that really inspired uh, tonight's theme is he was he was talking about I feel like I'm I, I have to grow up uh, but it's it's coming sooner than I expected. And I'm like, well, dude, you knew you were going to have to be an adult one day. Like you had your whole life to prepare for it. And now you feel unprepared. Um, and so it's just, it's just interesting to me that uh, some people needed, need that motivation or that perspective to, to see, oh, well, now that I'm out on my own, I need to find money and then I need to like learn how to budget or I need to learn how to save or I need to like learn how to cook so that I can save money here. Money is a really easy example. Wow. <laughs> I didn't, uh, I wouldn't say that I learned the importance of money by being broke. I learned the, uh, I learned how scared I was of, of going back. Yeah. I, uh, I learned the, the limits of what I would do, uh, which is a lot farther than I thought. So I guess I learned stuff about myself and I needed that to learn those limits, but I don't think it was a good thing to learn them in the first place. And honestly, I, uh, yeah. I need to learn that lesson because growing up, I always had the, the access of if I needed money, I could just work with my father. And that was like yeah, the easiest way to get resources. So, I, I mean, I've been working with him as far as I can remember. So it was kind of like daycare. Uh, oh, like, well, like a weekend vacation for my mom. You know, on the weekends, I go out with him. And she gets to have the whole weekend to herself, not driving her nuts. Because I made that into an art form. I, I knew exactly <laughs> how to do it. And the best way to do a practical joke is make it a like like a, a full-on relay where it's just like a cascading of events. So you just, as one happens, it's another. Ooh, dominoes. Perfect thing. So one leads into another. Oh my so all God. Gets to the point where they don't, they can't even think straight. And by that time, you're hidden. All right. <laughs> and you just, yeah, I learned. Brandon just knows how to torture people. And they, they have to go because they, you know, time ran out. So you, you maximize like how much time they have at that moment before they have to leave. Oh my God. No, no wonder they sent you out of state. What the hell, dude? <laughs> okay. well, I did it to my mom. So <laughs> my, mom's mornings. my mom is going to go out. Okay. So I've got this time perfectly. My mom is going to go down. She's going to grab her lunch pail and then she's going to find out that it's really heavy. And she's going to be like, why the hell did I pack 10 pounds of this casserole for myself today. And then she opens it up and finds it's a small sledgehammer that Brandon planted. <laughs> yeah. So that's, a, she, that's like the coup de car at the end though. See, yeah. It, it and starts see, off with, uh, bugs? the long clock. Was five, it the bugs? No, the long clock being like five minutes <laughs> oh, late. Yeah. Oh my so, God. Like, she, she still has enough time to do what she needs to do, but not she enough to scold you. <laughs> yes. And then you just cascade it by 
play like she's gonna go shower so play uh-huh. with water flush the toilet put something on <laughs> change that water temperature get that, hell, it, get that excitement you get that <laughs> that's that's how you know that you're, you're, oh it's working what? <laughs> leave like fake bugs or maybe like why why uh, uh, like just how so elaborate are these? Oh my god! I made a scent. It's the whole morning. No shit. Well, Brandon, <laughs> as we learned from the last have... one, is really good at at coming up with a detailed plan and then executing it over an extended period of time. But applying <laughs> yeah. that to pranks is scary, <laughs> to be honest. So Honestly, I'm Brandon just imagining. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm imagining like Home Alone style of planning. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you just do that, and but the coup de gras at the end was Brandon, the, Brandon, Brandon, the, Brandon, the coup de gras is why, why, why? <laughs> that's, that's what she asked. <laughs> why? So, that shows how much I love her. How much you love her? I sat down Wait, and wrote do this plan. <laughs> no, but I've done some things. I can't oh, mention oh them just in case if she listens. Because I know she forgot all of them. Oh my oh, god. One of my favorite ones oh was taking a wet towel and put it in the freezer for like 10-15 minutes. And then this is when she's like about to wake up to, to go uh, before she goes to work. You lift up the uh, the the blanket. You throw it on her. And oh man, the first time I ever did it, she, she it was like a whale. Woo! Like she leans up and like died back into the bed, and I just ran. Yeah, I would also try to murder you. Why? Are you, I mean, is there yeah, a reason why you do that? Like, do you get something out of it? What is yeah, that? I'm, trying, I'm trying to ask why. Why are you doing this, Brandon? Because I love her. Because you. Do, do so, you do this to your girlfriend? I'm legitimately curious now. Like, uh, this is terrifying. I mean, I don't do, like, the whole, like, domino effect. But, like, every once in a while, you just throw something in there. So. You just imagine Brandon doing, like, five or six bra- uh, jokes to his poor mom, Renee. And then all of a sudden, she's just, like... And then she she's trying to find him to beat his ass. And she's got two minutes to go. And she's like, you know what? I'll do it when I get home. And then Brandon's like, mission what accomplished. You won't be mad when you get home. What happens if your mom and your girlfriend start talking and then they put, connect the dots and they're like, wait a second. Like, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that's going to be good for you. Like, I think you're screwed, sir. Yeah. I, just so far, it has never happened. Well, I don't know how what they talk about whenever they hang out together. Usually, I don't think it's about Brennan's that. Like, I don't, let them, I don't let things. Brennan's like, I don't leave them alone that long. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they always just talk about the good things. So this is the most but, terrifying thing I've ever learned about you, Brandon. <laughs> Isn't it though? Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so. Well, speaking of that, let's go into a segue of a different topic, Brandon. Okay. Um, real fast. Uh, did we? Did we kind of? I don't know. We went off on Brandon's weird You're joke charge, tangent. Man. You're in charge. Um, Brandon, what kind of dating advice would you give this person, <laughs> this person 10 years your junior? I want to kind of hear this. Okay. Kinda, kinda, um, this person's 10 years younger than you. That kind of has your similarity traits, Brandon. So uh, what would you say are some good things that you would want to teach them about dating? Ooh, so you're going to want to play practical jokes on your girl. Like, <laughs> Nothing. How you show that you really like her yeah. and that you love her. You freeze. 
you freeze a towel for 15 minutes and then throw it on her while she's sleeping. Yeah. And this. And then she'll scream, I love you! Or, I hate you again! I don't know. Either way, you didn't listen to it because you're out of the room by then. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just know that's whatever sound you made, uh, whatever sound you hear, that's what it meant. <laughs> so, mm. Your question, bud. I know. I, I'm thinking right now. Right. Like, the main thing I can say is. Being, oh, I feel bad because I have a certain personality, so I use that a lot. Yeah. So being extroverted, like being outgoing, uh, proactive. Uh, so like talking to people, getting mm. to learn people is probably the best thing. Plus, you know, just how I do it is I open metaphorically my shop. And this is me, and this is what you're getting. Mm. So you can just come over, and if you like what you see, you know, that that's it. And in a way, that's what I do uh, for like physical in, uh, like interactions in person. But online is very different because I learn being me is is uh, is a lot uh, because when you talk to a profile you're literally talking to a brick wall so you get to read a profile with a bunch of information and in my mind i'm having a conversation with you but not everyone sees that way where you know you would talk about oh you like to travel about this or music about that or hobbies about this so i would write this long thing that kind of talks about all the subjects you wrote and then you know trying to make it as hostile as possible and entertaining and then Did you say hostile? Oh. Hospitable. No. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what the word. Do you remember Hos- the word I said? Hospitable. Hospitable. Okay, Hospitable. perfect. Okay. <laughs> it could be just me saying the wrong word. Thank you. You're good, man. Just be so, aggressive. And, that, <laughs> and I learned the hard way that that doesn't get many responses. So what works so you, the most? So let me ask you a question, Brennan, because okay. we've heard that we've heard the story before and it's great. And oh, so what, okay. one of the things I wanted to say is how, so you, you've learned to tailor yourself differently because you yes. realize that you had, is it that you realize that you, how do I want to phrase this? Did you realize that when you were on, 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 da- on dating websites uh, or, mm-hmm. or online dating that mm-hmm. you, that the online dating structure you had to tailor yourself to the structure or you had to change, not necessarily change yourself, but deliver yourself in a different way. Is that, is that, Definitely. cause that's what I kind of got. That's kind of what I got from you. Yeah. That's what I'm getting to is that so, hey, yes. hey, I am this type of person, but when you put me through this type of filter to come off the way that I want to come off, I have to present myself in this type of way for it to come off. Yes. So okay. you have to give like 5%. Mm-hmm. It's still you, but it's like a way less than what you would normally say. And then when they respond back, then you give 15 and see what happens. And if they respond back, you get 40. I could just and, imagine you giving yeah. advice where you're just like, okay, in online dating, in normal world of, hey, how are you? What's going on? My name is Brandon. In the online world, it's sup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, basically. So, yes. 
And they're like, Siri, hey, how are you? Yeah, that don't work. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot up front. Yeah. And and, and it's like, all right, online dating? Sup. Yeah. It's like, well, give a little bit more than that. Sup, dude. (laughs) Like, okay, there you go. There you go. So, and then work your way from up there. Uh, Because that's exactly. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that's exactly how me and my current fiance met. There we go. What's through online? So what would you say? Um, actually, I kind of want to dive just a small bit into your relationship, if you don't mind. Just one or okay. two characteristics. What what made her... I love hearing sometimes a story. What made her stand out of all the others? Okay. So, And what would kind of the advice that you would give uh, the person of 10 years younger than you to look for, like as far as qualities and that you notice in your significant other? I hope so, I'm making sense without tacking too much crap on, but there you go. No, no worries. So it, it makes sure to cover things that you like. So, you know, your personal qualities you look for or like things that attract you. Cause I originally thought my fiance was Asian. Uh, she's never American. So it's, it's like Asian, but with benefits. So Asian with benefits. Yeah. So if you, what? If you're if you're a big fan of the bringing straight, that means that they they came from a Russia or like Asia across, and they do have the some of the the highlights. She has these beautiful half moon eyes. Uh, she has you know the long black hair, brown eyes that I like. So those are some of the things that you know I was like ooh. So those are things that. I like from a visual aspect or from a. That's ooh. good. That's good. Visual aspect. Okay. I, I will give you $10 right now. Yes. If you go in the other room and tell Shan, she is like Asian with benefits. <laughs> We've had this conversation before though. Yeah, it's like yeah. if they have a child, their child is like what you, you get both Native Double American ball. and yes. Native Hawaiian uh, yes. uh, benefits. Because they're technically considered different uh, natives, so right. you can technically be. Oh, I don't know if you can also well, be still an API. That's what they're calling it. Uh, so, Asian American Pacific Islander. Yeah, well, I learned that the most important thing is to put on is what's your rarest uh, ethnicity. So I I always put Hawaiian in there. So it's twenty five percent, but it's in there. So <laughs> I I do have the, the benefits for it because I actually took the time to register myself. And lucky enough, my nieces, because I registered myself and it's from my dad's side of the family. You know, my brother has this, you know, the same blood. So they actually are able to get those benefits through me or through my oh, – uh, Association. Yeah. Yeah. What, so, what is this registration you're talking about? I'm not familiar. Um, so you have to register with OHA and Kamehameha to get... For, for what exactly? OHA. It is... I forget what the O stands for. Maybe like organized. It's There's an O and then Hawaiian Affairs. Oh, so okay, okay. That's how they do the whole thing about background to make sure you have... Hawaiian blood, and then they kind of look at the percentages because it is important. 
the the farthest they can go down is one eighth. So after one eighth, you don't have any benefits. So that's kind of rough because there's not that many Hawaiians left. So it's hard to kind of keep that percentage up. Yeah. So. And for for people who aren't aware, what are what are the benefits that you're talking about? Mainly for me, what I was using it for was with Kamehameha uh, help with school. Mm-hmm. So you can get if you qualify up to like ten thousand off a year for going to school. So that actually helped paid off for my college. Oh, nice! Yeah, don't you also get like a housing loan? Yes. Support? There, there is one where you can go Hawaiian Homestead, where you pay a very minimalist amount of money, but it's in the certain areas, kind of like how Native Americans have the reservation. There's certain land back at home where you can apply for, and if you get it, you just get land. So you have to build the home, and then if you do that, you know that's where you live and it's very cheap to maintain it problem is is that still does qualify for the blood rule so it, once you pass away anyone who inherited it has to be at least one eighth blood if not you lose it so you oh. can have it but your kids may not have it kind of yes thing. all right and i don't know too much what happens when they don't have it anymore i just i'm assuming it just goes back to the Oh, and I don't know what they do with the house. So to go back and bring you back yeah. to speed, but that was actually really cool, Brian. I didn't know stuff like that. But um, to go back to the whole dating thing, um, we were in the process of talking. Mm-hmm. You talked about a physical. Uh, yes. Traits. Yeah. Physical traits of Shan. And then what were some, I, I, I'm guessing you're going off a checklist. So I guess we're about yeah. to hit like either emotional or mental. Oh uh, yeah. So I liked how she had a plan. Uh, she stated what her goals were. She okay. was going to college. She wanted to be a teacher. And I thought that was a fascinating uh, profession. So that was also some conversations we would have uh, together. And I just liked some of the things she, she talked about. Uh, so she talked about, she was into, you know, like superheroes <laughs> So, and we had this great conversation. This is like, what's your favorite <laughs> superhero? She's like, well, m- my brother likes Wolverine. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. I I think I like Batman. I was like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Magic word right there. So, that was like, that was one of those things that, you know, I loved about. Uh, so, and just reading similarities. So, what it is, is just enough for intrigue. Okay. And then, that intrigue, mainly that's that's one of the things I would ask to have is have that curiosity, have that first step of faith. So you see something interesting, go for it. Because the only thing that can happen is they never respond and you just go to the next one. After a while, I, I know it's going to be the first couple of times whenever, especially if you really liked what you read, you want them to respond back, but you have no control of that. What we can do is see how we can tweak what we do to maybe get that intrigue returned a little bit better for the next one. Because it is going to be a gamble. It's you rolling the dice. The thing I like- that I feel. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, the thing that I feel that we need 
for love it's just that chance to meet someone mm. so just having an opportunity to meet someone is that thing that you need the most and from there it's all about you and them and do you connect or not and you'll find I, out together i really like how you kind of set that up brandon because like i like how in the beginning you said i set up my shop and to see who comes by you even said that when you would dance yeah. you would just kind of dance and like yes. <laughs> so you have this i, I like all i'm trying to I'm trying to put myself in your shoes real quick and just saying like you're just always helpful always kind always like hey what's going on and if somebody comes by and it's like hey i like what you do you're just like oh cool get excited yeah and then you just you're very friendly and very genuine and it's just waiting for and you just are always open to everybody if people come along great but i also like how you said it's kind of like a gamble and it's also if you say it's like a shop and if it's like you know selling something when it's like they're just not they're not in the the product is you then they're just not buying what you're selling. Yeah. They're just not buying what you're selling. But I like how you, Brandon have always had this very positive look on it where you don't really get upset. If people, maybe you do, I don't know. I've never seen you do it, but I just, when people are like, Oh no, I'm not buying what you're selling. I learned from you. that it's like, okay, next I'm going to dance. I'm going to keep dancing. If you don't get, I don't care. Like, and because you have that, that's actually really attractive because you don't want somebody who's needy, who's like sits there, plants themselves and saying like, Hey, I want you to be, it's like more of just very nonchalant. Like it also seems like you always have a plan. Like you're always doing something. You're always a part of something. And everybody wants to be a part of something. Even as a young kid, you don't want to be the person who's left out. So you want to be a part of what's going on. And I don't know how the hell you do it, Brandon, but every single time you always make, you're always a part of something like you walk into a room and people are just Brandon, get your ass over here and sit down. And you're like, actually, I don't want to be a part of that group. I want to go be a part of oh, new people. And you just like walk over there and, every, and you just pissed off four other groups that wanted you to be a part of theirs. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody's yeah. like, oh, we're pissing you, Brandon. And you're like, ah, that's cool. I got three other groups. <laughs> but it's like, it's going to go with time. It's like, I'm at you now, but I'm going to get over it. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I like that. I like how, again, I'm hearing courage in both. And I like how you're giving advice on how to maybe, and at least how you do it. But then I also like your story about how you're giving what you're looking for or certain traits that you're looking for, but you're not specifically looking for anything. That's another reason why I love Mm. your approach to it. You're not really specifically looking for anything. You're very open. You're like, no, no, no. I can love anybody. It's just who wants to come along and love me. <clears throat> All right. What do you like? Batman. All right. What do you like? All right, cool. We're starting to get a little closer and what, what, you know, and I just love that you kind of, you don't have specifics. Maybe you do Well, you kind of did uh, a physically bit. a little bit, yeah. but like, but personality wise, I love, I, and this is just my personal th- take on your personality brand is like you can literally love anybody. I mean, if they're a shit person, then obviously you're like, oh, okay. And even then you're sitting there like, okay, that's cool. All right. You're a shit guy. That's fine. You sit right over there and be over nice there. You. Bye. Have a good nice day. Nice meeting you. Fuck off nicely. Yeah. And, but you're like that. And I like that. Um, what, uh, so we talked about physically, we talked about, um, uh, compatibility. Some of the compatibility. Um, here's a couple of questions and this is for everybody. This is not just Brandon. Um, I want to ask a question. I brought this up, but not that tone. Do you think music is a huge thing of compatibility that you probably need? 
So I learned that I don't like as much music as I thought I did. Because did, did she I, listen I, to it a lot more than you do? Oh, well, she listens to a, lot, a bigger variety of music oh, okay. than I do. I mean, I have this great story where we're inside her vehicle. So we're listening to a country music song. Country. And all of a sudden, the next song, literally the next song, is like uh, one of those ah, death metal songs. And I was like, what is going on here? And I see her like, ah, and switching her head. I was like, oh my god. How did we go from country to like death metal? I want to bank your heart as a son of a bitch. Drink the rose. And I was like, "What is going on?" And then she's just jamming, just like the other song. Well, differently, but you know, she's still jamming to this music. And I was like, "Wow, I don't like a big range of music that I thought. You know, I like a lot of music that you can dance to." You can't well, answer this. I, at least I can. <laughs> so you can but, watch uh, to it, Brandon. <laughs> I never. Oh, I've never done that. Oh, <laughs> Gavin, why don't you throw your two cents on mosh pits? Oh, Freaking wow. love them. Huge fan. Totally great. I don't. I don't know exactly what to say. I don't know. I feel like I want to add that I don't think that music should be something that you look at as a compatibility requirement because people's tastes change over time so any mm. trait that you think you need compatibility with somebody like they need to have a matching this or they need to have a matching that like you might as well be asking them to have a matching wardrobe like if their wardrobe doesn't match mine then i'm not going to love them anymore like i don't think there's a good reason to ever put any kind of like we need these compatibilities or it's not going to work very, very good point, Cammy. Um, so I, what, I'm, what I'm hearing from Cammy is that <clears throat> my requirement to have a matching wardrobe is maybe a little too much to, yeah, to ask yeah. for a partner. Yeah, you're going to have to dial that back, Gavin. I'm sorry. Not everybody can wear like, you know, your sexy. Spend you know, all this t-shirt. goddamn money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be more interested, like, can their hair match up with yours? You know? No. No, I no. know, so that's that's a, that's very hard for. <laughs> that's a hard thing. To finally, met. when her hair finally becomes better than Gavin's, Gavin's like, "I'm leaving you." <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I'm just gonna steal her products uh, <laughs> and slowly gain gain back your I mean, advantage. What? <laughs> you know, I think I think that uh, like anything. I mean, music could be uh, a, something that you need to be compatible with. It just really depends on like your lifestyle and what is a priority for you. Uh, if you're somebody that really likes to go out to like EDM concerts and shows and she really hates EDM and can't stand it. So, uh, an old friend of mine from when I was in grad school, uh, he got married Ooh. and he used to, he used to love going to EDM shows. As soon as he got married, he wasn't allowed to anymore. And the reason is because his, uh, fiance now wife did not like, EDM music. She didn't actually, it was, it was the crowds. She didn't like concerts at all. So, uh, she wouldn't go. And then she always felt weird because a lot of EDM shows, you get like scantily clad females. She felt self-conscious. And so she wasn't okay with him going without her kind of thing. Oh, okay. And so at that point it's like, well, either you no longer go to these shows that you love so much or we're not going to be together. And that was a personal decision he had to make. And he decided, I'm okay with that. Um, so I think it really depends on like the different person's personalities and uh, priorities. I don't think but, that's a yeah, compatibility think, problem, though. I think that's a 
Oh no, hundred percent, a hundred percent. I agree with you on that, but I, I think it also kind of comes down to like, what are you willing to deal with, and what are you willing to like give? Because relationships are really just give and take. So, uh, if that's something that you're willing to to work around, then that's fine. Also, I think music and matching wardrobe is probably lower on the list. I feel like uh, like financial goals would be higher on the list. You got to have similar financial goals, family goals. Uh, family goals for sure. Goals if you in general, would probably yeah. Be well, good. yeah, yeah, long term goals, but also like lifestyle, right? Yeah, because even though it, we're planning for five to ten years ahead, we still have to go every day up to that. You know, if you can't stand someone every day, how are you going to get to the five to ten years? I agree. So, if you want a long relationship, absolutely. How do you guys deal with the situation? Let's say uh, Brandon's girlfriend gets really into going to uh something that brandon doesn't want to go to like it's just like yeah i'm not gonna go there like i'm i'm pretty sure that brandon's reaction would be like okay yeah you can go whatever but like if uh if that isn't reciprocated like i don't know how to say that in a, in a question format or in a express that properly but i so if if uh brandon's fiance is willing to go places or sorry if uh if Brandon's willing to go places that he doesn't really want to go to, but his fiance does, but she's not willing to go to places that Brandon wants to go to, you're saying yeah, that's so kind of one-sided, a little lopsided? Like well, that and um, like a shifting limit, right? So like you have, um, you say, listen, I'm not interested in any kind of cheating at all whatsoever. And then, you know, like, 10 years from now, Shan's really into trying to go to a sex party or something. And Brandon just doesn't want to do it because he can't like deal with that. And so, you know, it's this uh, like fracture in the relationship over this thing because, because it's a, because being treated as a compatibility thing. I don't or know. if your, uh, your significant other considers porn to be cheating, yeah. like watching porn is now cheating on them. It's adultery. Like, is that something that you're, you're able to work with? I don't know how to, because things change over time. And it, I don't like, I like uh, introducing like the acceptance and stuff like that rather than, than trying to, trying to find matching. Like it's having matching traits is a, is a cherry on the top, but it's not the base of the relationship in my opinion. Agreed. I think I feel like, um, like you need to have a solid foundation. Yeah. I, I think that principles are more important than traits. Um, I think if you have goals and they're kind of set in the same like the same area, then you can kind of accommodate for that. I, I don't know. Cause like that's, that's a really, I also, I love this too, that um, even though I'm hosting, I love that Cami interjected and wanted to ask a question that cause it spawned her to want to ask a question. And then before that Gavin did, I just, this is going really well, guys. I like this. Um, that's a really hard though uh, question to ask though, Cami, cause <clears throat> people's traits change over time. Basically. Agreed. Absolutely. Cause you might like something one day, but then later you're just like, nah, I don't do that anymore. And then, and maybe that was the thing, like, like you talked about with your, your friend, uh, Gavin with your, uh, the EDM guy, right. Um, well say the situation was different, say they both liked it in the beginning, but then the girl was like, she fell off cause she just grew out of it or she didn't want to do it anymore. Or she didn't want to do drugs or she didn't like, you know, whatever. She just was like, nah, I'm done with that phase, but he's still in it. And so it's like, there's a, there's a, there's a conversation. Cause then that conversation, I could totally see it going like, well, you used to like, that's how we met. Now all of a sudden you get, you're different now because 
You know what I mean? And there we go. So what would you, I'm go, sure go that for. happens, but that sounds very <clears throat> hypothetical. Well, I don't like think how that's it's laid hypothetical out. in that, uh, that sounds like something that happens all the time, especially if people meet in, uh, drugs or sex parties or things that are generally considered unscrupulous. Well, so you, but you're talking about something and, unscrupulous. What about something that's like totally in the norm? Like, okay. Concerts. Examples? Okay. Concerts. Yeah. So just like regular concerts, like, uh, okay. And so then coffee. And it's like, Hey, I don't want to be a part of the scene anymore. Uh, cosplay could be another one. Oh, like she doesn't want to go to comic-con anymore. She's like, yeah, I kind of want want to go to that. I wanted to go to that because you were really interested in it, but now I like really kind of hate the scene and don't want to be a part of it anymore. Kind of thing. Kind of happened to me and Perry Potter. Yeah. See. So it's, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You have to have the tools to, to deal with that, and I don't, I don't like. hundred percent. I don't like the. I don't. I'm torn about how what I think about that because I like the idea that you would look for somebody that that you're compatible with, and there's a way to tell that, and you can feel that, and that's important. But I also hate that because I know that that changes over time, and there's no way to predict that, and it's like. There's, there just needs to be a better foundation, and I don't know what that actually is now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, see, it's interesting hearing your mindset shift on that, because if you're looking at something like a sex club or doing drugs, it's a really easier, I, I won't say completely, I'll say it's easier cut and dry. But if you're looking at something that's like considered normal and typical, like a concert or Comic-Con or, as you mentioned, Harry Potter... Now it, now it, or food, now it becomes a little bit more, uh, well, I'm going to have to think about this on a case by case basis. And I honestly, I, I think that's the appropriate response is, again, it just comes down to like your priorities and what's important to you. And it's possible, like, if you love Chipotle and she got sick from Chipotle and will never eat Chipotle again, like, that's, uh, that's something that you're going to have to deal with and find a way to deal with it. Together. I didn't mean to make it all negative and no, but that's that's a good question. The the, the food is a really good question. It's closer to home because that's you know, something more relatable. Um, usually though, I I really wish I had like an experience that that kind of happens. Mostly like for me, it's I am more accepted to do a lot of range of things, and some of those things my fiance doesn't like. But we do have this open conversation. It's like, okay, so if you're going to do those things, these are some things just, you know, to keep in mind though. And it also helps me too, because sometimes I, we don't even have like too much of this conversation, but I put these rules myself. Because then I, you know, I want to make sure that I ha- do the right things where I'm, I'm allowed to, you know, like I can do things that, I still like doing, or I can, you know, like I prefer doing. Yet, I can do it alone or with others. So having this respect kind of forces me to make sure I do everything properly with this kind of as a gift. Uh, the best way I could say is like uh, when we went to the the rave on your birthday. So, you know, I made sure that I 
basically stay within these rules I made myself because I kind of it, it was out of no, it came out of nowhere. So I you know didn't really have a conversation. I just kind of messaged, "Hey, I'm going to do this tonight." <laughs> and you know like, "Oh, okay." It's like, "Yeah." So th- then that that was it. So I had to think what are some things that I want to make sure to to do that night. So and it you know some people may think it's like, "Oh, but you hinder yourself." It's like, "No. I'm protecting th- what this thing I love." So, you know, it's, you get respect, uh, you give respect back. So this is me giving my respect back uh, to the the relationship I have. So, but in the end, it was a ton of fun. So I do know it's, it is not a scene that she would like. Because there's moments where it gets really hot and claustrophobic. And, you know, that's, I think I know that she doesn't like uh, from other experiences, but I know how to basically be in those situations confidently. Uh, so that's something I, I know moving forward if that ever happens again. But I also will make sure to keep her informed of what I'm doing. And that's just respect coming back. Trust and communication. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> So I think we're getting a little uh, off topic from the the ten year younger version. Not necessarily, you. because Brennan was kind of giving off on dating advice, and what I've gotten from it over the little bit is a lot of understanding about communication with dating advice and boundaries, and setting up boundaries and making sure that those boundaries are agreed upon. Um, they're they're set. So therefore, when you get into a situation, you actually have something set up to where it's a lot easier to maneuver in that relationship because you guys have already kind of set up shop in a way. You kind of know where everything's at. So you know exactly what to do when those things arise. Case in point, a really good analogy. <clears throat> Some of you guys have seen the show, um, How I Met Your Mother. And two of the characters, whenever they're having an issue or a fight, they always, uh, if it gets too crazy or they don't have time to be able to deal with it, they always say pause and they put the pause on hold. They put the fight on hold and they get back to it when they can. And a lot of times they'll re- uh, like unpause and they'll go th- back at the fight. But that is a system that those two set up for themselves to be able to handle situations and be able to maneuver that. And so it's, it's again, it's a system that they set up themselves and what I heard from Brandon as far as his dating advice is that if you do find a girl, you kind of gave me a little bit on how to find her um, and what to look for. But then when you do find her, here are some parameters to have in your relationship that might help you or at least that has helped him over time. That's what I got. So I haven't really we haven't really gotten away from the 10 year thing. It's just more of he dived deeper into the conversation, which is great. That's exactly what we're here for. So um, does anybody else have anything on dating advice that they want to contribute um, for myself, if somebody is in my situation uh, that I was 10 years ago, just remember, you don't have to be in a relationship. It's okay not to date anyone. It doesn't make you any less. And it's okay to not even want to be in a relationship. Very, very good. Well said, Cammy. You're right. You know, you could, um, it's kind of wanting to find yourself, uh, or it's completely okay to be alone. I also think that, that sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on, you got to find your other person. Why aren't you? They put that a lot in, in with women where 
it's like weird after a certain age where it's like, oh, you didn't, you don't have a man. You're not going to have kids. Like I remember having a conversation with a couple of my friends that were women that they had those conversations with me and saying, yeah, my mom comes to me and she's like, the family's looking at me like, what's going on? You're in your thirties now. What's going What is that like? Oh my God. From uh, the women's side of things is that uh, don't be ashamed to do something like freeze your eggs and wait. So, yeah. Well, to kind of segue into one of the next questions was actually is for you, Cami. Um, if nobody else has anything that, on dating advice. No. Anybody? For no. Um, no. <clears throat> Cami, uh, there's actually two different ones. Um, Cami, I want to go with this one. Uh, you talk a lot about polyamory. Um, mm-hmm. Would you recommend that uh, to this person, the person that's 10 years your junior? Um, or do you think it is something that they will need to grow into over time? So um, I've never been in a monogamous relationship. Okay. Um, so the 10 years ago, me didn't know the word polyamory, but I was polyamorous. And so I would uh, not necessarily recommend polyamory, just that just a basic education. And that would probably start me on a very interesting lifelong journey uh, because it leads you to a lot of research. Although 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot of research, research. It was just like a community of people and you had to kind of hunt yourself into it. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, I would recommend it in that uh, that is what I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to answer that. Well, I guess the, one of the ways I think Gavin set up the question and I liked it is uh, if the person, because one of the last uh, podcasts that you did, you brought up polyamory mm-hmm. and some of the benefits of at least how to look at the relationship differently. Um, and I liked how, well, because with, with polyamory, it's like you have multiple people to go to for different facets. At least I believe that's how it looks like. It's like, you don't go to one yeah. person for everything. You have a the, few people for that. The example that, the, that I was, that was used in one of the books is the, there's a lady and she's a mother, but she's also a professional speaker. And so she goes to the conference and one of her partners is take, at home taking care of the baby. And when she's done with that conference, she wants to call and talk to somebody excited, but she can't talk, do that to the person taking care of the kid because he needs the time to, uh, you know, put the kid to bed, make the meals and do all of that stuff. So she calls her other partner to be excited about it with. So you can distribute the uh, requirements of, of, uh, of a relationship so that you're not st- putting unnecessary strain on people because it's it's kind of unfair to do that like you know they're taking care of the kid and now they're just like stuck at home when you don't have to be that people can change share duties and things well i do that even with my friends though like there's times where i know that if i'm call, i can't call my girlfriend right now because she's in the middle of hanging out with her friend and that you know it'd be taken away from her time so i would and if there's something really big that I wanted to ex- talk about, then I'd call, yeah. you know, in Gavin or Brandon. relationships. That's how they, they solve it um, through friends. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why when I say that it's important to remember that your friends network, your friend networks devolve over time. Like when you're in your fifties, you're not going to have as many friends as you do now. And it's going to be nearly impossible to rekindle and even make new friends. Uh, and so you're going to have a hard time turning to those outside people. Whereas in the polyamorous situation, it's more sustainable because you're, mm-hmm. as long as the relationship is solid. Um, and people come in and out of the polycule depending on 
like situations, like you're more attached to some people than other people and, and that fluxes over time, but that's not, you know, uh, the, the thing that they say in polyamory is that, uh, relationships don't really end usually. They just, uh, uh, they just kind of fade away naturally and nobody's, nobody, kind of there's no, never a breakup moment. Right. Almost like a friendship in a way. Like sometimes you break up with your friends. It's like, no, it's like they moved away. Like lives in Washington now. It's like, okay. It's like, are we not friends anymore? It's like, no, but it's like, but are we, do we hang out all the time or whatever? It's like, no, it's, I don't know. I guess it would just, yeah, it would more just fade away. It's like, oh, did you break up with that person? It's like, no, they just moved. They moved to Utah. Um, no, I love that though, Cammy. One thing that you kind of opened me up to was again, how important, uh, some, well, cause we, we went off on a, on a big tangent about talking about, uh, how important the relationships outside of the relationship were and how that wasn't inter- a tangent that was designed, but yeah. Yeah. And so it was really good though. Um, because it really helped me. I already knew that, but it really brought it to light. Like, no, 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 no. You have to understand that like you're that person is not just connected is, is connected to a whole other network of people. And you're going to have to maneuver yourself through that network correctly. If you're going to have this relationship thrive, um, because every, like, you know, everyone's, everybody wants this to work out. And so eventually we have to kind of all tie together. Um, I love that. That was so, that was a great conversation. Um, and the reason I, and it helped me understand that more because you brought up polyamory and how to look at it from a different perspective. And I loved that. Um, anybody, uh, the other, uh, question, um, that I wanted to ask you, Cammy, and go with this is, uh, and then the, the floor for everybody, cause that was kind of more of just your question. Not everybody really knows about polyamory except you. Um, but Cammy, your question is, is that, is there anything that you wish you would have done differently looking back and talking to someone who is your exact position 10 years ago? What would you say? What would be your advice? So my uh, advice would be that just because you know how to manipulate yourself doesn't mean you should. Um, what I did to prevent myself from, um, doing the transition was identify what gender is on that spectrum and visualize it. And then I manipulated my perception of it to feel like I was more feminine without actually going through any transition thing. And that is supremely effective, to be honest. Like, uh, that lasted literally 10 years uh, before it became untenable. And I started realizing I was getting depressed again. And it was about the same thing. And I was so mad at that point, right? Because I was like, oh, I thought I had this figured out. But I don't. So just, you know, just because you understand how you think about stuff and how to reward yourself and and alter your perceptions doesn't mean that you should. You need to be conscious of, you need to be doing that ethically to yourself. Gotcha. Cool. Anybody else have to say anything? Gavin? Yeah, no, I was, I was just going to say, I think that's really important to highlight um, because it's so... I always had a rule for myself, uh, never like you can lie to people, but never lie to yourself. Mm. And I think that, so, so the reason, the reason why I was always, uh, never lie to yourself is because it's very easy to lose sight of what is real and what is not. Um, you, you really lose track of where the truth is or, or where the truth ends and the lie begins. 
And so it, it, it messes with your mind, as Cammy was mentioning. Um, I never thought it was a good idea to try and trick yourself that way or try and manipulate yourself that way. Um, be honest with yourself and say, all right, this is what I'll, this is what I'm saying to people. This is how I feel about myself. And instead of me trying to pretend and trying to fool myself into being something that I'm not, or into thinking that I'm something that I'm not, uh, let me be honest with myself and say, Hey, here's where I'm at. Here's how I feel about it. And, uh, here's where I want to be. And not, and not everybody's able to do that though, man. Like that takes a lot of courage. Like I said, man, like a lot of, a lot of things that you and even Brian have been saying is have courage in yourself to, I don't know, move forward. Cause not looking See, at, I, go ahead. I, I think it's funny that you say that where not everybody's able to do that. And it takes a lot of courage because I highly disagree with that statement. Um, I don't think it really takes a lot of courage. I think it takes discipline. Ooh. And the reason is because you don't, you're not born with the innate ability to lie to yourself. You're not born with the, uh, the thought of I am X, but I want to be Y. So let me think that I'm Y and do absolutely nothing to, to make that change. Uh, it it feels like you're really lost and instead of making the change that you want to make you're making excuses when i started doing the manipulation on myself i uh didn't see it as manipulation and it took me some it took me quite a while to realize that what i was doing and i think at the, at that point is when things started getting bad but the reality of of what was happening is that I had learned that there is this gender spectrum and that it's largely this amalgamated thought process. And I was like, okay, so if gender is just a thought process, then I can change that. And it's true, you can. The problem is that the rest of the world doesn't reflect that. And so um, over time, that kind of erodes and, and it became very obvious what I had done. I had divorced my reality from, I had divorced myself from reality, essentially. Um, and it had become very untenable, obviously. But I didn't know, I didn't identify it at the time that I was doing it, which actually really frustrated me and was the reason I was really angry. And I don't know how I would have, the conclusion that I came to and the solution that I came to seemed completely logical and and not at all uh, problematic in any way, but then looking back at it now, it looks like I'm deceiving myself, but it didn't ever felt like that. And so I don't know, I don't know how to better reflect or identify that, uh, or give advice to, to other than just be ethical about what you're changing about yourself and realize that your mentalities have to reflect reality still. Sorry. No, I think, uh, as cliche as it is, be yourself. Uh, don't pretend to be anything else. And for like what I was talking about earlier, uh, kind of what Gavin's been uh, mentioning, where 
you see something that you want to change in your life, use that as the motivation to do that first step to make those changes in your life. Because in my experience that, you know, there was things that I saw I wanted that I didn't have. And being where I was, I, I wanted to change what my life was right、uh, at that moment. So that was like the motivation that helped push me to making those steps to move toward the life that I want. So, whatever that you want in your life, use that as not the source of you know, things you want to just think about differently in your life, but actually use that as the source of what you want to do different about your life and start making those steps. Make them small. And, but just as long as you keep moving forward, you know, know that you are getting closer to this truth that's going to be your life. Very well said, bud. <clears throat> and I love how everybody kind of chimed in on that last question.、Um, and I kind of want to segue because I think,、uh, is everybody all good with that one? I think so. Yeah. I, I kind of want to move、uh, to this next one, which, since Brandy, you kind of had a little heart to mouth moment, I want to hit you with the next question. You ready? Okay. <clears throat> Brandon? Yes. What would you tell a 10 year version or younger version of,、uh, like, a, God damn it. What would you tell a person 10 years younger or 10 years your junior、mm-hmm. to stop doing immediately? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. This is for everybody. It's not just you, Brandon. So if you can't、yeah. think of something right now, Brandon,、no. somebody chime in.、Uh, it, it's actually the, the, one of the things that helped re energize my movements of forward. It is, you know, don't do nothing.、Mm. You know, always show, like, I, I would encourage you to do more than whatever you're doing in your life. This could be from work. So, yo, your job role or what do you normally do? Do more and see what happens from that. You know, I used to sit and think they're just not utilizing my strengths because I know what I can do and it's way more than what I'm doing now. But I'm going to wait for them to give me the opportunity. Don't do that. Get the opportunity because no one sees what you're capable they assume that. You're just there for that paycheck, or you know, just to do the responsibilities that you are given. So let them know through action that you, can, you, you are ready for more, you can do more, you're hungry, you got ideas. And、uh, let those be like the springboard, because as soon as you do more, they are willing to give you more. There is more talk about you, more people know you. So, you get invited to some things that you didn't think was possible. You get to go to, like, maybe some of the, the big kids' meetings that, you know, you can save more of your mind and make more of an impact for your department. But you wouldn't know these things if you just went to work, did what you need to do, and go home. So, take an idea about your job that you feel can be done better, bring it up to someone. Who has the power to let you do it and do it and see what happens. And if you're able to do that one thing, get maybe another and just kind of like build more. And then from that, you will learn that you have more opportunities now available. 
maybe this path you never thought you wanted to do now is available to you because you've done these extra things. And maybe these extra things are the you know rewarding things that help you get through your days. You know, you may be excellent at what you do, but now with these extra gems that you do, maybe that makes you happier of going to work or so so or do whatever. That reminds so, me of the whole concept of just express yourself, make yourself, uh, make yourself known, you know, um, yeah. mm-hmm. see and be seen. Yeah. So that would be something that I would recommend. <clears throat> so your version of what to stop doing immediately is stop stopping. Well, <laughs> start, doing stop. start, start doing Yeah. Start doing stuff. <laughs> I do apologize if it didn't come out. I was like, basically, no, 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 no. it was very good. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, stop doing this immediately. Um, sitting around. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Don't you be sitting around? <laughs> Don't be doing nothing. But I'm doing something right now. Move. <laughs> yeah, move In it. Video move games it. terms always be casting. Yes. Ooh, I like you that. Mana, use it. Yeah, that's what they tell the healers in Final Fantasy, which is the only game that I play religiously. I like it. That's really good. Um, Gavin, I'll switch to you. Uh, what is something that you would tell a 10 year uh, junior to stop doing immediately that had some of your characteristics? Shit, I got to think 10 years ago. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like where I was 10 years ago. Um, I know for me it would be honesty, be more honest with myself, but also be honest more with people. I didn't learn that until uh, like <clears throat> truth will set you free, but first it's going to piss you off. And I, I see people around work right now who kind of live in my old way of doing things where it's just every, just keep everybody happy. If we keep everybody cool, everybody's cool with you and just keep everybody cool with you. And it's like no conflict arises. But then the problem is, is that, like when conflict does arise, you don't know how to do it and you haven't really worked through how to get everybody back to being cool again. And being able to have people be honest with me and tell me my flaws and tell me things that I'm doing wrong. Yeah. It doesn't feel good at first, but having the courage to look inside yourself and being, okay, is that something that I want to keep or is it something that I want to change? And then having the courage to move in that direction to either do that. I like that. Um, and I would be something that I would tell everybody is, uh, be honest with people and of yourself have tact. Absolutely. You know, if somebody's being a jackass, don't say that, you know, just understand that. Hey man, I don't necessarily like the conversation that we're having right now or how you're talking to me. Can we, you know, can we cease and assist this or we're not going to have this conversation anymore? Like just, sorry, go ahead. Somebody, I heard somebody want to talk. Yeah, I was sorry. I, dropped the thing i was actually going to say it's interesting because the question how it's worded is what would you stop doing not what would you start doing so what would you stop doing mitch uh i would have stopped uh i don't know lying to myself i guess i'm going off of what i guess yeah i guess going off of what cammy was saying is like don't lie to yourself be it's honest with yourself hard to identify that you're lying to yourself, right? Yeah. You set up all these things Very, and you don't yep. realize it at the time. Mm-hmm. You're like, you look back at it now and it's hindsight 2020 and you're like, oh, wow, I was just lying to myself for years. I need to mm-hmm. stop doing that. But then you're just like, well, what am I currently lying to myself about? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think 
very many people actually actively think about that. Like they always go, oh, I need to stop doing that. And they think that they have, but then 10 years later, they're like, <laughs> yeah, ah, I really need didn't. to stop doing that. Yeah. I think for me, it would probably be stop feeling sorry for yourself. Um, mm. Going to that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a really good example for it, but I, I can't. <laughs> Basically, it, it's really easy to kind of fit into the whole like, woe is me, like I, I can't do this or I won't do this or I'm not there yet kind of thing. Ooh. But you, oh, wow. you move away from uh, feeling sorry for yourself and be like, all right, cool, you're not there yet. What does it take to get there? Do you want to get there? Or what are some other things that you can really be focusing <clears throat> on? Play your strengths, work on your weaknesses stop making excuses and start becoming the person that you want to be. God damn it, Gavin. Like your voice now carries my head. Anytime I'm listening <laughs> to myself logically, I'm just like, Oh, was me? well, is that where you want to be, Mitch? Shut up, Gavin. I don't want to talk to you right now. I want to, I want to be in my feelings. Just like, Boy, I'm going to ask you a question, Mitch. Is that where you want to be? Gavin, this is not the time or the place I want to cry. I understand. I'm going to let you cry in a second after you answer this question. <laughs> no, but I feel like, I feel like uh, it, it's really easy to box yourself in and make excuses. Agreed. Absolutely. And um, honestly, like not everybody has the, the same ambitions and that's kind of their prerogative, but I think it comes down to what I mean by like, stop feeling sorry for yourself is if you're hurt or hurting, it's really easy to, to be in that mindset. Like you just broke up with somebody or somebody broke up with you or oh. uh, you heard some really bad news or you had like a really stressful oh. week or something like that. It's really easy to fall into like, oh, I deserve a week on the couch or I deserve this. I deserve that. Or don't, don't mind me. I'm mourning or don't mind me. Like I'm just sad right now. Like there definitely is a time and a place for that. Don't get me wrong. But at a certain point, you got to pick yourself I, up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or, and, or and, let people come and pick you up so you can stand up straight again. Maybe you don't have the strength to pick yourself up by yourself, but at least come stop swatting the hands away that are trying to help you up. Because well, I was thinking about, I was thinking about this <clears throat> uh, okay. actually okay. earlier this morning and it's going to sound weird because it's one of those shower thought kind of things. Oh, I, I think okay. about those a lot good, of stuff. Though. Those are good. So, the Suns have been doing really well, so I'm going to use a lot of like basketball Ooh. analogies right now. It's okay. Uh, I did the last dance. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking about somebody. Uh, I was helping my cousin uh, the other okay. week. Went out, visited some family out of state, and uh, I was talking to my cousin. She was struggling to find a, a full time job, and so I was helping oh. her with a resume. And I was asking I her like, "Hey, what are some uh, what are some things that you're?" looking, what do you want to do kind of thing? She's like, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. It's like, okay. Yeah. That's very like way too specific. And you don't have the skill sets to be, like demand something like that or to, to negotiate a position like that. So what are some things that you will absolutely never do? And what are some things that you kind of sort of maybe might be okay with doing? Cause you're going to wind up doing a lot of the kind of sort of maybe might be okay with doing stuff. So I was working on a resume. I was helping her tailor it, but it got me thinking of, okay, somebody feels like they can't do something. Why? It's like, oh, I'm just not confident enough. Like, yes. what, what are the skills that you need to, 
what are the skills that you need to build in order to do this, this, or this? It's like, oh, well, I just, I just really need to be more confident. And it's like, confidence is not a skill. Confidence is more like a muscle. And if you think about it that way, it really shifts your perspective. Going back to basketball, oh, I'm just really bad at dribbling or I'm really bad at mm. shooting free throws. Uh, if only I was more confident or if only I had like bigger biceps. It's like, that's not going to make you any better at dribbling. You need to develop the skill. Like no matter how much confidence you have, you just got to find a way around it. So I gave her a book and I think it's a really important book for a lot of people, uh, especially when it comes to career stuff and networking. And it's called Networking for People Who Hate Networking. I've read it multiple times. It's fantastic. But the way that the, the author approaches it is they say, hey, I'm somebody who hates networking. So why am I writing a book on networking? Like I'm a little bit more... And she never says introvert or extrovert. She uses different words and different terminology. But the general premise is introverts and extroverts. And so she says, I'm mostly an introvert. So how do introverts get better at networking? And she was saying, you approach it differently. You, you can't look at the extrovert and say, ah, that. I need to do that. I need to go out. I need to hand out my business card to as many people as I can. I need to go out and talk to as many people as I can. Because you can't always do that. Like as an introvert, oh, that's exhausting. And so instead, she says, there's another way around it to still achieve the same results. So you play to your strengths, you work on your weaknesses. Extroverts are talk to think. Introverts are think to talk. You go to a network event, you talk to somebody. First question they ask you, tell me about yourself or what do you do? And a lot of people who aren't prepared will kind of flounder at that. Extroverts will like rip right off the cuff. I do this, I do this, I do this. This is things that I'm really good at. Da, 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 da. They have their elevator speech. They didn't have to pre-plan it or anything. But introverts, it's like, all right, you know they're going to ask you that question. So you're a think-to-talk person. You have the opportunity to create answers for the questions you know people are going to ask so that when they ask, you can just fire that off the cuff and be like, oh, I do this, I do this, I do this. And so it, it really shifts your mindset where it's not necessarily like changing your ability it's changing where you put your focus and like how that. you approach a different problem. Yeah. Yes. I love how you just said that. Change your focus. It's like, do I want to ask the question or do I want to give the answer? Yeah. So, so Kinda. going back to not feeling sorry for yourself, uh, if you struggle to do something, it, it could be anything in life. If you, if you struggle to do something and you really want to get better at it, say, I want to get more, I want to be more popular. But what was me? Like, I'm, I'm just not part of the popular crowd. Like, darn. It's like, okay, well, why do you want to be popular? What, what is the end goal? And then is there another way to achieve that end goal? And you start looking at that. And oh, so instead of, instead of, like, say you're, uh, you're, you're a thief. You're really good at, like, running and sneaking around. But you're really bad at, like direct fights instead of engaging in direct fights you find ways to get around them you get behind them and then you backstab and you crit immediately and you win the fight a little dnd reference there uh for anybody listening but <laughs> it's just you find ways to play to your strengths uh nerd fitness 
he has a really good series of articles. One of them he's talking about uh, working towards your body type. So if you're tall and skinny, uh, he also uses kind of D&D references. If you're tall and skinny, you're a little bit more of an elf build. It's going to be harder for you to be a power lifter than it is to be a free runner or an endurance runner. Um, they're both fitness. They're both fitness. But you're kind of working against yourself if you're trying to fit outside of that wheelhouse. So instead, what are things that you can be good at? What are things that you, uh, what, what are areas that you have your strengths? And then can you use those strengths to achieve the same goal? So for the longest time growing up, I always had, as most of us do, I'm sure, uh, an idea of what like a good life looks like or what a good person looks like. Gotcha. And so trying to fit that mold was really difficult. And over time, what I learned is that, okay, I'm not really good at fitting this mold, but I'm really good in these other areas and I can use these other areas to still achieve the same end goal that I have. Very well said. So what you're saying yeah. is, is that you're, you don't fit into the, the house, the car, the, the wife, the 2.5 kids, the dog and the white picket fence. You don't fit into this mold that people have shown you. And especially even with like personality, like, oh, you have to be extroverted to be able to talk to people. It's like, well, I'm not. It's I and I loved I, I you've always brought up that book, man, where uh, the uh, <clears throat> how to network uh, for people that hate networking. Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. Networking for people who hate networking. Um, and it was a, re- a really good example, actually, it would be when you and I were going out, we would go out, mm-hmm. we would talk to people. Mitch is yeah. really good at approaching people, having strong conversations. I struggled with that. But I found my way around it involved a little bit more tact. I had a lot more versatility, uh, but it also took a little bit more out of me. And so instead of trying to go for volume, I was going for quality. Mm. And so I was trying to shoot for more quality conversations, building those kinds of relationships, really digging into uh, the deeper topics. And so that led me to writing a blog post talking about wizards and sorcerers. Um, where wizards have a lot more versatility, but they burn out pretty easily. Um, and they, they need to prepare ahead of time. And then sorcerers have, uh, one really good trick and they just do it all the time. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but that's the one trick that they got and they can just fire it off the cuff. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of that can be explained by when people look at things myopically. And so if you're, you want to be into fitness, but your idea of fitness is the big muscly man. Exactly. Um, you need to be able to stop, zoom out and not look at fitness so myopically so you can say, okay, do I actually like fitness as a whole? And if so, is there something else I can do inside of it? And if not, and it's just the body lifting, then <clears throat> find a, um, a way to do that. But um, it's the whole like, uh, scope of what you're dealing with. There's always a way to do it if you can abstract it to the right degree. Exactly it. Exactly. Widen your gaze, I guess. Look at yeah. it from look at it from that, and then and then focus on what you want to actually focus on for you specifically. I like that. <clears throat> um, real quick, I actually um, does anybody else have anything on that one? 
what is something or actually I want to real fast wanted to comment on Gavin's thing where he's just like he talked about how confidence is a muscle and uh, it's like yeah. you need the skill still. And I'm like, I, I thought of the perfect example. Like, well, Brad is a perfect example of having all the confidence in the world, but not having any of the skill. Just watch my man dance. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you've gotten better over time, sir. But when I first met you, I was like, wow, this guy has all the confidence in the world and he's not doing well at all. <laughs> you don't care. That's my style, though. Yeah. Oh, dude, that joke about that's how I say that's how I dance. I was rolling on the floor when you said that. Oh, my gosh. Um, <clears throat> real fast, I kind of want to get yeah. to this one, and then I want to get to the one with everybody, because I did ask okay. everybody two questions, except for Gavin. Oh. Gavin. <clears throat> real fast, because we are talking about different ways of looking at things. Yeah, what's um, up? You're very career-focused. Mm-hmm. Um what would you say to someone who doesn't have the same kind of ambition or they don't necessarily want to have like a big career or even be career focused? What would your advice be for them? Yeah. So it would be somebody in the exact same place as I was 10 years ago. Yeah. But they don't want to be, they don't want to go in the same direction that I wanted to go in. Yeah. That's the question. That's a very interesting one. Um, What is their focus? Well, that would be my first question for them. I'd be like, okay, well, what what do you want to do? Because I think that there's, I, I think that there's still being ten years their senior and having been in a similar position. I, I think that there's still uh, many different directions that they went down that they could go down. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be the same direction that I went down, but there's probably some overlap. Uh, if it was somebody that just really wanted to find a decent enough job to help fund their living expenses and their hobbies, and then that's all they needed in life, then they're good. Um, I would still say, like, from the career perspective, still find a marketable skill, something that'll earn you money. Um, and then from there, do work on social skills because agreed those are going to work anywhere um they're going to work hand in hand with your actual marketable skill right yes yes they will work hand in hand with your marketable skill but it's also like work isn't life and if you have a good sense of social skills like you can live a fuller life you can if you want to travel right you want to travel and maybe say you travel by yourself uh it'll help you make friends wherever you go true uh if you want to learn uh another language or learn music uh it'll help you network and meet other people who are have similar interests and personalities if you want to start a family it'll help you in relationships with Um, a family what was that? Oh, uh, with that family too. Yeah, uh, it'll it'll help you find the person or people that you want to have that family or relationship with, and it'll help you develop a deeper one with them. Uh, it'll help you have a better relationship with yourself, um, so that you better understand yourself and how you operate, and it'll allow you to 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 have a better idea of how you fit into the rest of the world. Um, 
so yeah, even outside of career, I would say social skills, um, definitely work on those, do things that make you happy, do things that make you confident, do things that challenge you, um, do things that you didn't think you could do or do things that you didn't think you would like. Mm. Definitely try a lot of different things. I would, yeah, I would, I would put a third on that one um, because there's certain things that I know for a fact that I didn't like now, or I didn't like then, or I think I didn't like then. And I actually really love now case in point, a real fast story is uh, sushi. I didn't think I'd like Same. that. <laughs> I did really? not think I would like that. Same. And then uh, Mar- our, my two, two, I, I'm trying not to use names. Uh, my two friends, uh, very good friends of mine. Um, you guys both know them. Um, uh, one's a savage and you know, one's just misunderstood. Um, but, uh, and, and my friends will get both of those references. Um, but, uh, we went, we went to Vegas basically for my 21st birthday with them and, uh, they both wanted sushi and I was like, I don't eat that. And they're like, cool. And I'm, I'm they both were just going to get sushi anyway. I was like, it's my birthday. It's just like, okay, well, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want to eat birthday boy? I was like, I don't know, burgers or something. It's like, cool. You can go have your burger and me and me and him are going to go have sushi. <laughs> So it's kind of forced into it and then, you know, went and ate it and it was delicious. But they, they, that's the other thing too, is that if you're going to get introduced to something, you know, they were smart enough to go, okay, we want them to like it. So they introduced to something that was easy to eat, which was a Vegas roll. It's actually deep fried uh, and it's easy to eat. Um, I had like three of them. And after that I was, I love sushi, but it took the courage to try that out. So, and again, you find things you didn't know you'd like until you actually try them. So I say, try some stuff. I got another kind of fun uh, story. I don't know the name of it, so I do apologize. But it's this Filipino uh, sauce. So it's a dried fish. They mash it into a paste, squeeze out the juices, mix it with some stuff, and that's what you pour in food. Now, it looks and smells exactly what you think horrendous but it tastes so good so that was one thing that i learned hey mm. even if it looks terrible smells it worse. smells terrible oh it smelled worse oh god but it could be delicious try it anyways you never know until you know but <laughs> I, gotta, I just imagine myself at the table oh, go ahead Brandis. i'm just imagining me. go ahead I want to let you know it is a double-edged sword. So yeah, yeah. It's you find all great things and you find <laughs> not so great things. But smells horrible. Will... <laughs> smells horrible. Looks horrible. Tasted it. Yep, Brandon. Guess what? <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> well, now we know. Finish it. <laughs> no, I'll pass it here. I'll eat it. I eat yeah, everything. Can we get rid of it? Can we get rid of this? So we can have more of something delicious. Sometimes people will like be like, I want to try stuff. I want to try new things and get into new things. But nobody's ever there to like in Mitch's story, the, nobody's ever there to take me to sushi. Um, and I will Ooh. say that you Ooh. can uh, have a lot of fun trying new things that you absolutely know you're going to hate. Um, I did that a lot with, uh, well, things to sex things i did a lot of that with sex things like i wanted i was like oh that sounds terrible and so i went to the bar and like met somebody and asked them if they wanted to try it even though i was pretty sure i was going to hate it and i have discovered some fascinating things about myself and it wasn't really fun and 
partly unhealthy, but I mean, you can have a lot of fun learning things about yourself by trying things that you think you're not going to like. <clears throat> also, maybe have a, a partner that is the trier, because in my relationship, my fiance <laughs> is the one that likes to play safe. She gets something she likes, she kind of sticks with it. Well, I like to try the new things. So I'm like, oh, limited time only. That's a, also a big winner. Put that limited time only. I'm like, ooh, this is new, and it's only going to be available for some time. Let's try it. So I will do those. And, you know, we do have this sharing mechanic where you want to take a bite of something I have. It's like, oh, my God, this is delicious. I know. And it's mine. <laughs> Sometimes if she really enjoys it, I'll make that trade. But, you know, it is this relationship where she will get the standard and I will get the different things. Of course, when it doesn't work, I still eat it because I, it's a double-edged sword. You know, it could be wonderful. It could not. It also cannot be. But that's the life I live. I choose yeah. it. I enjoy Sometimes it. It's not wonderful at all. Yeah, that's exactly how you thought it was going to be. <laughs> like I remember the story where Mitch is like, "Oh, Brandon," because I was eating something very fast. It's like, "Oh, is that delicious?" Nope. I <laughs> just keep eating it. It's like, then why are you eating it? Because I ordered it. <laughs> it's the double-edged sword. Sometimes you find great things. Sometimes you find terrible things. Yeah. But that's and, the life you live. I mean, not to go too far into what you guys are talking about. Yeah, exactly. I get it. Again, I've seen Brandon at the table <laughs> once or twice. Not often, but yeah. once or twice. And I'm like, Brandon, is it good? He's like, no. <laughs> What, Brandon? What do you mean? No, he's just like it's not good. He's still eating it. I'm like, Brandon, then stop eating. He's like, I paid for it. He just keeps eating. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, hold on. But you know that like you'll get like other people. You'll get to finish everybody else's leftovers. He's like, I know. That's what I'm making on. So I'm eating this crap and waiting for your delicious food. Yeah. Now leave me alone. I'm trying to eat. That that is also a trick. I start with what tastes the worst into what tastes the best because it washes out the worst yeah so heads up i mean if it works for you it works for you yeah <laughs> um we have a little bit of time left guys okay. um and i'm going to switch up to the topic because i really want to get to this last one and that is what is something or several things and this goes for everybody um but we'll start with you know what brandon You've been the talker tonight. So what is something okay. or several things that you are glad you did that you would not change? One thing, Mr. Talker. One thing. Ooh. And I can't don't, not make it obvious. Like, you know, your fiance, duh, she's the best thing that ever happened to you. Like, let's come up with something else. So it has to be something I choose to do. Not something that's happened in my life. Um, yeah, it could be something that happened in your life. What is something or several things that you are glad um, that happened or that you did that you would not change? Oh, man, because the thing that I probably enjoy the most was leaving home. Because I mm. feel the Brandon before, uh, the Brandon from high school and the Brandon from college or after college is two dramatically different people. And I feel the, the major thing that helped with that change is going completely solo. 
because I I'll say uh, I probably was I am spoiled. <laughs> so you know I I was given a lot of things when I was young. Self-aware man, I can respect that. So ha- taking that away from me let me grow in ways that you know it, it's it's very different from where I was before. So I I would never go back to that previous person because I do see some people like that previous person. And so I the just, previous person being you or somebody else you're with? Me. Like mm. basically spoiled me or the 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 me that needs like needs help like or needs a crutch. So mm. me being crutchless has been the the greatest thing. It's it's also back to that old example. It's a double edged sword, but I I love it so much more. Yeah, I feel more fulfilled being my own man than relying on other uh, people for certain things. You know, like more security. So, but you know, with that comes work. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I learned that I. I want to put in that work for that reward. And and you've also learned that, you know, you'd rather work than do nothing. So why not? Yeah. Right. And if the achievement is to be your own man and have your own things and have your own castle, as you say, because yes. you earned it and you put the time and effort, then it's a really good way of looking at it, Brandon. And that's a good, good uh, goal to want to achieve. You know, I would <laughs> say that independence has a price, but it's a, it's a yes. good price. It's, it's one worth paying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Because again, so, like when you're a kid, you know, it's like you don't have independence. You're you basically you're, you do everything your parents tell you to do, but you also have no responsibility. And then the second you get responsibility, you also have things that you have to take care of. And the biggest thing mm-hmm. is yourself. <laughs> you're all on your own now. Nobody's there to wipe your ass and feed you and spoon feed you food. Like you gotta you gotta do this yourself. And, uh, and I love that Brandon, you said that that was like the biggest thing that, uh, was, that was great for you is that took the kids gloves off and all the crutches and saying, no man, swim, you gotta do this yourself. I do want to do a shout out to my mom. Cause when I told her I was going to move to the mainland, she took that year and helped me to learn the basics of how to take care of myself, how to make meals, how to clean the house you know she she required me to do these things so i would have that skill when i did leave on my own because i was surprised to see how how kind of rare it is for a lot of people in college so i'm surprised your mom did that after the shower instance and things (laughs) well that there was (laughs) those are years ago and i i do feel my mom loves me so much and that's another story where I feel that it took me a long time to realize how great my mom is because you only have one mom, so you don't have anyone to compare it to. So you think your mom is the baseline. But once you meet other moms and find out where Ooh. your mom is at, you start to realize, wait, I have a superior mom. Yeah, Holy that's snap. Really this good is how way. I've been yeah. treating her my life? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Goddamn prince. <laughs> so... Uh, that's a really good way to put it though, Brandon. Yeah. yeah. You're like, Oh, mom's this mom and mom is mom. And then you meet other moms. You're like, no mom is awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What have I been doing to her? Oh my God. 
Brandon, why do you keep sending roses every week? Bob, those are for all the times I put that goddamn 10-pound hammer in your lunchbox. <laughs> no, but I, I try to call more, and I know she loves it. I know, yeah. So. And I know, yeah. And I know, I know she does, too, man. Like, yeah. Your mom, your, your mom is is a badass, man. So is your dad. Yeah. Both you, uh, both both parents, man. Um, that was the crutch. <laughs> she and and but you've made it. You've you've made your own man now, and and yeah. I know that not only all of us, but they are very proud of you for doing that. <laughs> so, um, real quick, uh, Gavin, what's something that you wouldn't change? Uh... I gotta think again back to how it was ten years ago. Oh, I feel bad. I did that in my life. So I went through my whole life and what was the number one choice I wouldn't change. Yeah, I would so say that the ten years thing is probably more of like a guideline, you know. No, I think I think it's important for me though. I think I think it's really important for me though, because that covers the transition between who I was and who I am. Sure. Uh because you you all knew me before that change and noticed the difference. Yes. And so that's what I'm trying to, to keep in I mind is before the, the change to the change who I am now. Plus it also gives it a little bit of a timeline, right? It's like, you know, it's like, who were you then? And then who are, could you say you are now? And what is the difference? Yeah. <laughs> and what, what are the, what things did you learn in that time period that has changed you into the person you are today and what kind of advice would you give your previous self if not but it can't be just you because you a lot of people just say oh i have no regrets i'm glad where i'm at it's like okay cool let's switch up the, the question a little bit then and who would you say to a person that's like you 10 years your junior and what would you say to them that you've learned now in that small transition of 10 years it kind of gives a little bit of a timeline and a base to be able to help guide the conversation i guess you know you know what i would say is stay hungry yeah that's a real not, yeah. not necessarily just being satisfied with settling and being where you are but pursue your passions try to be the best version of yourself and realize that it's going to take time but that's what i did and it, that was very transformative for me and huge uh, and so it's something that I definitely hold dear. And that's something that I had started uh, well over 10 years ago. It's just it it didn't kick off like it did until about 10 years ago. Um, so, yeah, I would say stay hungry. I just want to say something real quick. I just want to announce that I have lied to myself about something. I have went back in time and memory shopped all of Gavin's hair, the new one to all of his own memories. <laughs> So even back before that time, he has his fabulous hair. Mm, sorry. Yeah, back when I had the military cut. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's just beautiful hair. It's a yep. little bit different now because now it doesn't jive. It's like, how how can he be that with that beautiful hair? But I just love it so much. I just remember he shopped all my memories with that hair. And I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> last part was awesome what is something or several things so that would be something that you wouldn't change uh gavin is your because uh, you do you always have drive and you're always hungry yeah so you would say exactly. to not i love how you also just said to sir is uh it's gonna take time 
Rome wasn't built in a day. That was like the second thing I wanted you to say. I was yeah. Like, yeah, it was. It's not. It's. It took us a year for us to figure out where we finally were and see our progress. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It takes a while. Like you're not going to see. Sometimes you're not going to see six pack abs in three months. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of change that needs to happen before it finally all kind of clicks together. And then you finally see it. It's like, oh, it was an overnight success. It was like, yeah, overnight success that only took fucking six years. Um, <laughs> but I digress. I'm only talking about Gary Vandercheck. Um, real fast. Cammy. <clears throat> question for you. Something you uh, wouldn't want to change. I don't know if you want me to answer this because I've been thinking about this the whole time and it's just going to be depressing. I still <sighs> want to hear it, Cammy. You're the editor. Oh. You can edit it out if you don't like it. <laughs> He's got a point. Um, a large portion of my not a large portion most most of my life has been a constant set of ad- adversarial situations, and I know that's not just a mentality. Like, there's some legitimately fucked up shit, and uh, it's. I would say the there's a common phrase in the LGBT community of saying it gets better. So something that I would not regret that I don't regret is that I didn't give up. Um, you know, I didn't, didn't say, okay, I've had enough with this. This, this life just hates me. And, and I, I didn't, uh, didn't do that. Um, and so, yeah, I wouldn't change being where I'm at now because I'm so much happier than I was. I'm so much happier than I thought I would ever be, than I was even capable of being. And I, I feel like I'll get happier as time goes on, assuming that my new medical condition and health situation doesn't actually kill me. But, uh, you know, if I make it past that, um, you know, I, I'm already significantly happier than, than I ever thought was possible even. So I would say I wouldn't change that. Just keep going, even when it sucks. And no offense to the other two people, but actually that was my favorite answer. Um, because in the original question was a bit of a scary vibe, right? I mean, the whole reason I even started this conversation or went down this tangent last night was because I was worried about um, uh, about the world and what was going on and feeling that fear and not knowing what to do. And knowing like, <clears throat> so it's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And there have been times in my life in the last probably a couple of years, I wasn't always happy like Cammy talked about. And there are times where I, I never would, I would never have done this. Okay. But, but here's the best analogy I can come up with. I never would have offed myself, but I've heard people say this. They say that I don't want to off myself, but if metaphorically speaking, if the game was, or if the life, if the game of life was really a game, then there's just days where I just don't want to log in. And that, that really hit hard because I was just like, yeah, yeah. There's sometimes, dude, where it's like, it's not, you don't, it's not that you don't want to wake up. Like you don't want to live. It's just like, you just don't want to deal with the bullshit that you have to deal with the second you wake up. And it's just, it, they call it the second second. Like the first second you wake up, it's like, you didn't remember anything as you're just waking up. And then the second second is all that bullshit that comes crashing down on your chest that you have to, oh yeah, that's right. This is what I have to deal with. And I loved that, Cammy, because that really hit home because it's you're right. Don't give up. Like, keep going because everything, at least for me, and I trust me, I've seen some dark, 
I've seen some dark days. I, I can't com- speak for everybody. Everybody has their, 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 their scary stuff like Gavin talks about, but keep going. It, in my opinion, I always have hope and always faith that it will get better. And it always has. There's always upswings. I just have to wait for mine sometimes. I don't know if this would help, but when that morning comes up and you're in that second second, maybe have a picture of something or something that you're willing to fight that day for next to you. Oh, you know, A picture of your family, your friends, or <laughs> someone that you want to share your life with sleeping uh. right next to you. Yeah. Yo, look at that person or that thing and just like, this is why I fight for that third second, fourth second, every second after to oh, finish right my time comes and ends. This is why I wake up and do the things I do every day. This is why I have super the depressing, But uh, I want to say, I want to warn people against using that exclusively for situations like, let's say you do it for your partner and you say, this is why I'm doing this every day. And then one, one day your partner just isn't there. Yeah. You don't have, you, you don't have your tool. So don't put your tool on things that, um, you know, I don't know. It, a lot don't, of things can be taken all, from you. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I get, uh, Cammy's cautionary tale. She's not trying to be, she's just being cautious. Uh, but I get that though. I, I truly, I understand. Yeah. And you're right. I do wake up and I do see, and it's not, it's not just her. She's a big part of it. Like to help with Cammy's point, but there's also other people like this podcast and there's friends and family that not only love you, but in a weird way, kind of depend on you. I can't remember where I heard it, but this is really great. Um, and then I'll wrap it up and we'll go from there. Uh, I think it was in actually Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's version where I can't remember what scene it was. It was at one of the season three, season four, but he talked about how he says, when they say, take your own life, I never understood it because when you take your own life, you're actually not you're who are you taking it from yourself? You're not around to really see it. It's always everybody else that was attached to your life that has to deal with you not being there anymore. So if you think about it, your life actually really isn't your own. And then he then he basically pushes the lady off the ledge and says, keep your hands off of it. <clears throat> and uh, to kind of go off of that, like you're kind of attached to everybody. So, I mean, when you wake up in the morning and you're having that second second, it's really great to finally kind of do an inventory and saying, okay, who is all that I get up for? And you start making an inventory of everybody you do. And that like, I love that, Brandon. It does kind of help you get up and go, you know what? I could take on the day because I've got a lot of people that love me and care about me and I care about them. So, yeah. Or even maybe like a dream, a song, anything that kind of helps with the the third or fourth second. Well, you are the get excited guy, man. So you would be the worst thing to ask. So, (laughs) but, um, I, I just want to say, uh, like this, I, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, Okay. So once again, I wanted to thank the lovely listeners who made it this far. I'm your host. No, that's you. Never mind. Fuck that. Kill that. Let's go back to other me. Because uh, I had to write yours in order to be able to make mine. So here we go. <laughs> so, hey, guys, I wanted to thank all of you for joining us tonight. Hope you learned something. We appreciate your time, and we hope to see you next time for more. But for now, I'm Mitch with Gavin, Cami, and Brandon. Have a good night. Bye. Good night. Later. Let's redo that. I want to redo that. Can we redo that? Oh, okay. Sure. Sure. So when I say take two.